The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to Kwame Lester Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. 888-346-9144. It's going to be a rapid-fire show today. We'll talk NBA playoffs. Uh, I'll cover Aaron Hernandez and uh, him being indicted on a double murder yesterday on top of the uh, alleged murder of Odin Lloyd in which he took part. I'm going to talk Donald Sterling. I'm going to talk Michael Sam. And then I might finish up with a little, little Johnny Manziel at the end if we have time. Um, Last night... A couple of really good basketball games. Uh, Pacers take care of the Wizards, and the th- uh, Thunder take care of the Clippers. I, I had both of these. Uh, I didn't realize how close the Thunder-Clipper game would be. I, I kind of put this at about a 10- to 12-point game, or about an 8- or 10-point game, and uh, it was closer than the, than the final score would indicate. Pacers took care of business. Every time the Wizards would come back last night, uh, the Pacers kind of extended the lead. It was a team effort last night, and uh, you know they they get into the Eastern Conference Finals, and, and that's that's really all that people will remember is they're playing Miami for the third straight year in the Eastern Conference Finals. The difference this year is that they have home court advantage, so there are zero excuses for Indiana. Uh, they can't play at home still, which is interesting. And I was talking with I was talking with one of my friends, and we were kind of going back and forth about it. Seems like Indiana is embarrassed about how they play. They're embarrassed about going seven games. They're embarrassed about just playing in front of their home home field, home court. Those fans, like they, they have to explain to them why they're losing by thirty at home, and it's 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 like they're more nervous at home than they are on the road, and it, it's obvious because they lost two huge games at home in the series. So, uh, but they do take care of business. Paul George doesn't have a good game. Took eleven shots in forty three minutes. Uh, it, you know he was factor twelve and five, but it wasn't. It's it, it's not a leadership stat line. It's not something that you would look at and be like, okay, well this guy is the flat out leader of this team. He's an above average player. He's a really good player, but he's not a superstar yet. He can't take control of a game yet. David West had a great game. Uh, the ancient warrior on that team. He's been to these in these in these situations before. He's solid, 13-26 for 29 points. Uh, Roy Hibbert, I guess, was off the mat a little bit, 11-7. and You just need a little production out of him. You just need some fire from him, and and they could give Miami fits. I am picking Miami to come out of the East, and I said that from day one of the playoffs, and I said it from day one of the regular season. Roy Hibbert is a Miami Heat killer. So if... There's anything that could pump Roy Hibbert up 
to get back to where he was last playoffs, where he averaged 17 and 10, it would be the Miami Heat. Game one Sunday, and it'll tell a lot about Indiana. I, Miami didn't play very well in the series against Brooklyn. They just won pretty much on pure talent alone. Played good defense. LeBron dropped 49 that helped them through one game. But it'll tell much more about Indiana in game one than it will about Miami. If Miami has a San Antonio Spurs gear that's hidden, we'll see it. And if not, they're still the more talented team. I still think in the playoffs, Dwayne Wade is a better player than Paul George. And obviously the numbers have shown as such. And luckily for Dwayne Wade, they have the ability to sit him during the regular season, which allows him to rest and, uh, and gear up for the playoffs where Paul George is playing 40 minutes a game throughout the whole year. So I understand that fatigue might have something to do with it with Paul George, but at this point you have to dig deep, as, as people say, I hate that cliche, but dig deep and, you know, prove yourself. This is the time. People are picking Indiana to win because they have home court advantage. Home court advantage is, is, has been the Achilles heel for Indiana throughout the playoffs thus far. So I'm not necessarily sure if that's something, if that's the ace in the hole for them to have that seventh game at home. I'm picking Miami in six. I'm picking them to win game one because Indiana, until they can actually play at home with some confidence, th- th- why, would I, why would anybody pick them? It, it doesn't make any sense at this point. Washington... Great showing. Nobody expected them to beat Chicago, which was crazy. But they have a very, very bright future ahead of them. And now, with the showing that they've given in these playoffs, free agency might come into factor here. Might come into play. Because they have that stud backcourt that will be hopefully around forever. The contracts, when they're going to have to get paid, both of them, that's, that's when things will get a little hairy probably. But you have a great center. You have that backcourt. And the other two roles can kind of be filled. Nene is serviceable. Uh, he, he, had, he shows glimpses of his old Denver self. Trevor Reza is kind of like a Matt Barnes. Like he can go for 25 any night, but his shooting is sporadic. Plays better defense than Matt Barnes does. But he doesn't have that killer instinct. So both those roles with free agents can be filled. And they're missing maybe one player and John Wall shooting 10,000 jump shots over the summer for maybe making the Eastern Conference Finals next year. And that's also pending where LeBron goes if he stays and whatnot. But I love watching these guys play. Bradley Beal, 20 years old. John Wall, 23 years old. And they played like seasoned veterans, especially in the first series against the highly favored Chicago Bulls team. With that lockdown defense, they played really, really well. And they played well against Indiana. But John Wall, his Achilles heel right now, as it is with a lot of young point guards coming into the league, true point guards, is he can't shoot the ball. He just can't shoot. And and that's fine. You have to learn. 82 games, it's a long season. It's a far cry from the 30 games you played in college, and that's all he played. So, learning how to shoot the basketball. As Jason Kidd, how long did it take him to be able to have an offensive... uh, uh, you know, feel at all. John Wall has the athleticism. He can jump through the roof, shoots 80 plus percent from the line. 
which is kind of interesting because traditionally, if you can shoot from the field, you can shoot from the line. He's just got to work on his jump shot. And he will, and he'll get better, and he'll be a top five point guard in this league within the next couple years. It just wasn't their time yet. They ran into a team that was more talented than them top to bottom, more seasoned, didn't turn the ball over as much, played better defense, which is a huge thing, and that's what uh, what got Indiana the win. So that'll be an exciting Eastern Conference Finals, and I I hope Indiana beats Miami just so they can show some sort of wanting to be in the playoffs because the drive just hasn't been there. But I do think Miami will get out of the East and, and uh, eventually play San Antonio for the championship. 104-98. Oklahoma City goes into Los Angeles, beats the Clippers. This was a very interesting game. Kevin Durant starts one for seven from the field, ends up dropping 39. He had Texas numbers. He had college numbers. 39 and 16 when he led the nation in scoring and rebounding and won the player of the year as a rookie, as a freshman. Russell Westbrook. Had an awful shooting game. There were a lot of things that I saw about Russell Westbrook in this last game, and, and I'll keep it short. He was 0-4 in the first quarter. Had two fouls early. Played eight minutes. Didn't take a shot in the second quarter. So instead of forcing it and forcing it and forcing it, like we've grown accustomed to him doing, he just kept his team in it. It's a beautiful thing to see a growth, the growth of a player, a young player especially, when the lights are the brightest. And that's what we saw with him in the last four or five games. And they're a completely different team. Kevin Durant has supplanted himself on this team as the number one guy, and Russell Westbrook is the one that allowed it to happen. It's just a beautiful thing to see. They were 21 of 22 from the line last night. So Russell Westbrook, even though he shot four for 15, still got to the line 12 times, made 11. That is huge. 22 points from the line between two guys is immeasurable. He had 12 dimes. You know, Russell Westbrook is learning to play within whatever system Oklahoma City has, which a lot of times is give the rock to KD when he's hot. I mean, that's a great system to have. You saw in the third quarter when... Durant comes down, just his top-of-the-key three-pointer when it goes in, when it doesn't hit rim, you're like, oh boy. We could be in for a long night even though he started so slowly. And they were. Chris Paul, I said last night, if he shoots 10 times or less, they'll win the game. He shot 18 times. 25 and 11, that's great. Good numbers. 28, 25, 11, and 7. Okay, that's great. Your leading scorer cannot be your point guard. I've said this ad nauseum. I apologize to you that just threw up for hearing it again. Your leading scorer cannot be your point guard. If you want to win anything, they have to be a secondary scorer. That's just how it is. Blake Griffin, 28-8. You know, he's shown me a lot this year. But he still commits careless fouls, including the last one where he fouled out. Uh, it, it wasn't a foul. Uh, it was a clean block, in my, in my opinion. Uh, the refereeing was atrocious last night uh, with respect to the Clippers. And then all the conspiracy, the conspiracy theorists will 
say, well, you know, they wanted Oklahoma City, San Antonio in Western Conference Finals, so now Oklahoma City can go play Miami in the finals. Maybe. I'm more of a proof guy. And the proof is that Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook are better than any player on the Clippers. So just because the Clippers are the deepest team in the NBA, two guys that are better can beat a deep team. And uh, the proof was in in game five and six. I know the referees helped a little bit. So on to the Western Conference Finals. I'm stoked about this. Old school versus new school. Old-ish school, I guess, because San Antonio has adapted to the new way of the NBA, which is more fast-paced, more scoring. San Antonio, lest we forget, used to be a defensive juggernaut that would hold teams to 80 points and score 88, score 91, score 92. Have their leading scorer in the teens. But they've signed younger guys that can shoot the rock, and it's allowed them to be able to just merge in with the times. Tony Parker's become more of an offensive force than he ever had been. Manu Ginobili's Manu Ginobili. He's really the only guy that's kind of stayed the same. He's always played, he's always played, you know, offensive-minded, plays good defense. Tim Duncan it, it has resurrected his career without ever losing a step. So I'm intrigued. I'll talk about, a little, uh, talk about this a little bit more on the other side. And I'll get into some Donald Sterling, Michael Sam, Alex Clancy, and Studio Corner Lesser Sports Talk. I'll be right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Welcome to the Sports Talk, voiceamerica.com. Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Call in 888-346-9144. Talking Eastern Conference, Western Conference semifinals. Oklahoma City beats the Clippers 104-98. Kevin Durant takes over this game as any MVP would, especially bouncing back from the horrific shooting night, 6-for-22 that he had in Game 5, even though they ended up winning. 
Kevin Durant's really good, and 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 I'm curious to see what San Antonio is going to do to defend him. If they're going to just send double teams, if they're going to put Tony Parker on him, like they put on Chris Paul, because anybody that knows basketball knows that Tony Parker has some of the quickest hands and quickest feet in the NBA. Obviously, he's a foot shorter than Kevin Durant, but it worked out fairly well, especially on the perimeter for the Clippers, just having Chris Paul switch onto Kevin Durant when they're running pick and roll. And we'll see Greg Popovich will, will write something up, draw something up that will make it as difficult as possible for Kevin Durant to beat them. I just don't think that San Antonio matches up very well against Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook is a lot stronger than Tony Parker is. Russell Westbrook has a shooting guard body, I guess you could say. He's a little short, especially for this day and age. But he's big. I mean, he's a muscular guy. Tony Parker's more uh, banking on elusivity and, and quickness to get to the paint. Now, on the other hand, Tony Parker is probably the smartest player in the backcourt in the NBA, in my opinion. And the rings prove it. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to see Tony Parker and Russell Westbrook. And I'm just not sure. I'm not, not sure how it's going to pan out. I mean, I, I would be happy with either of these teams getting to the finals. One thing I will tell you is Serge Ibaka went out with a calf strain, I believe, last night, later on in the game. Steven Adams and Nick Collison had fantastic games. I've been saying this. I said this since game one or game two after they got blown out. The uh, Oklahoma City got blown out. Play Nick Collison. He's seven feet. He's big. He plays defense. He can pass the ball. He takes charges, and he can rebound. Steven Adams, this young kid out of New Zealand, I think, same thing. He's young. He's fearless. He almost had a double-double last night, and he played a lot of minutes. Steven Adams, though, he did have a double-double. 10 and 11. He played 40 minutes last night. Because of foul trouble with Serge Ibaka and Kendrick Perkins. 40 minutes for a rookie in that big of a game. He had 10 points, 11 boards. Zero turnovers. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that, especially against San Antonio, you have to play big. Serge Ibaka does not play big. He used to when he was talked about as NBA Defensive Player of the Year. And he was blocking four shots a game. Now he's jacking threes. Now he's Chris Bosh without a jump, without as good of a jump shot. You need guys down low, especially against San Antonio, where Tim Duncan doesn't go out more than 14 feet from the basket. He's got every move in the book down low. Tony Parker gets into the lane with ease, has every little dipsy-doodle move you can possibly think of. If you have two seven-footers down there, it helps. Tiago Splitter, another guy, seven-foot, great around the basket, Molded very nicely by Greg Popovich into a serviceable player. You need big guys down low if you're going to want to beat San Antonio. You don't need any more offense. You don't need any offense. You have Reggie Jackson, you have Russell Westbrook, you have Kevin Durant, and two seven-footers. They're great offensive rebounders. They're great defensive rebounders that can get you out on the break quicker than somebody like Serge Ibaka that'll, that'll grab the ball, hold it, and, and hand it off to, the, to uh, Russell Westbrook. Nick Collison might be your ace in the hole for this series. 
and I said this last series, and it was Steven Adams, so I, I was mistaken. But it was somebody off the bench that doesn't play a lot of minutes during the regular season that come to the forefront of being very, very important players for your team. And Steven Adams, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start game one against San Antonio. Because bringing Kendrick Perkins off the bench might prove more uh, efficient or effective for Oklahoma City because he'll just come in full energy and just bang people around. That's what he's there for. It's to intimidate what he used to and to bang people around. He's six fouls. He can't, I don't know how we got into the NBA if he can't make a three footer by himself. He's got this little Mark Jackson teardrop thing that doesn't get over the rim. I don't know how you make it to the NBA not being able to have any sort of offensive game. I understand I'm sure he had, did at one point and then regressed because made people focus on defense. But come on. He's worthless on this team. Steven Adams has more size, more flexibility. He can jump. And he can run all day. He hasn't played all year pretty much. He won't get tired. So I think that that is a main focus that Oklahoma City needs to look at in an effort to beat San Antonio. And I'm, I'm not going to jump yet and, and decide who I want. To, well, I guess I have to because their game's on Sunday. I pick San Antonio in the beginning and I'll, and I'll stick with it. I mean, this might go seven. That would be a great game seven. But you know that Tony Parker will win one game for you for San Antonio. Kevin Durant will win one game for Oklahoma City in this series. That's just how it is. And depending on Russell Westbrook's temperament, he could win one for you also. But I do believe that Greg Popovich completely supersedes Scott Brooks in the coaching department. And obviously the veteran leadership of everybody on the Spurs supersedes that of the Oklahoma City players. Take away Derek Fisher, but he... he, what he played like 12 minutes last night, and that's the most he's played all year. 16. I'm picking Oklahoma City in six or seven. I mean, uh, uh, San Antonio in six or seven. Rematch of last year in the finals, Miami and San Antonio. I picked that midway through the season. Picked that first game of the playoffs when it started. And I'm, I'm sticking to it. Donald Sterling's not going to pay the $2.5 million fine levied down by the NBA. What a shocker! This guy could find that money under his couch. Now, people that know Donald Sterling, that have run up on Donald Sterling, knew this was coming. I mean, he was a lawyer by trade. He loves the courtroom. He knows his way around the courtroom. And he's got the most expensive lawyers on the planet backing him up. So why would he pay this? Why would he pay the fine? And also, on top of all of this, that turns this into just the worst situation possible for the NBA and the players primarily, is if his wife files for divorce, they go to divorce court, the Los Angeles Clippers is technically now 50% hers. It's community property. So the NBA owners can't force Donald Sterling to sell the team if it's not all his. Which then begs the question, will these players who have said that if Sterling is still the owner by the start of next season, that they will not play, that they will boycott? I mean, I call BS right away. Unless you're eight or ten players in the NBA that have made so much money during endorsements 
or over your career, LeBron, Kobe, even Derrick Rose, who just makes buku money for not playing at all, Carmelo, they can afford to not get a paycheck. But what if you're Reggie Jackson? What if you're, you know, uh, Bradley Beal? Like, you're these younger guys that are affected by this. Everybody in the NBA is affected by this, primarily African-American players. You can't afford to not get game checks. And this is goes back to every collective bargaining agreement since the beginning of time. The suits always win. The owners always win because the players need the paychecks. The owners don't. It's not fair. The players get taken advantage of. Look at the collective bargaining agreement with the NFL this past year. They, or the two years ago, they got screwed. They got hosed. But the players need paychecks, especially in the NFL when you get a $160 million contract and only $2 million of it's guaranteed. So, so many numbers are ballooned with the end result, and then you're going to ask to be restructured. You're going to ask to restructure your contract 14 times before the fourth year. So, do I think that these players will boycott in the NBA if Donald Sterling's still the owner? No. This could take five years to figure out. Donald Sterling knows exactly. Where he is, he's still in the strength position. Is, is it fair? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to ask myself any more questions, I promise. It's not fair, but that's just how it is. That's the power of being an owner. And I don't know if it'd be better for his wife to not file for divorce because then if the, the uh, other NBA owners allow him to sell it to her, it might be more beneficial for her in the long run to not file for divorce now. That also could be red herring. So we have really no idea what's going to happen. And if I were NBA players, I mean, I, you only have so much control. When it comes down to it, you're, you are employees. I just don't know, especially if LeBron goes to another team in the offseason... That's not a very good welcome party. Oh, I'm going to the Knicks. Oh, no, I'm not going to play. How, for how long? Oh, until he's not the owner anymore. That's not good. I wonder if you still get paid if you're not able to play. Or if you choose not to play. I wonder if you still get paid. Like a red shirt for a year and still make $15 million. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I do know Donald Sterling did awful things. I know he compounded it with the follow-up interview where he calls out Magic Johnson. He looks like a delusional old racist man who has more money than he knows what to do with, and he refuses to sell anything. I wonder if he even cares. He says he cares about the Clippers. He says it's his, it's his baby. It's probably the biggest moneymaker he's ever had. 12 to upwards of $600 million. Buying it from 12. $588 million increase in value from 1981 to now. So in 33 years, he's made a lot of money on it. I just don't know. I don't. He's a very interesting guy. 
He's a very complex guy. And I don't know what his motive is to fight this, to sue the NBA or all these things. Is it just to say, hey, I'm better at this than you are? Or does he truly want the team? Carmen Lesser Sports Talk. On the other side, I'll talk a little bit more money games with Michael Sam, with Major League Baseball pitchers going for Tommy John surgery earlier than uh, than in recent history. Alex Clancy, Carmen Lesser Sports Talk. I'll be back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back. Carmen Lester Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Like our Facebook page. Download the Voice America radio app. You can stream everything seamlessly. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good app, so, uh, so check it out. been talking Donald Sterling. Again, I will say I do not think that NBA players will boycott when push comes to shove. This is where Adam Silver must show his face again. Because it's easy to say, especially as a, as a new commissioner, to instill your force you know, through words. Lifetime ban, fine $2.5 million, which is the extent of you know, as much money as they could have fined him at the time. Now is where you have to put it into motion. You need to constantly be talking to people, updating people about what's going on. 
I think he should have another press conference right now. He should have a press conference weekly telling people exactly what's happening. Shedding some light on the situation and not leaving it all up to speculation like it is now. So many things have happened since that press conference and now. We need an update. We need you to, we need you to s- synthesize all this information for me. We need you to put it in layman's terms for the common man and tell us exactly what the situation is, what the potential outcomes could be, and what the ramifications of those outcomes would be on the NBA and its players. You're the spokesperson. You're the number one guy. So especially as a new commissioner, you need to tell us what the hell is going on. I thought this vote was going to happen like three days after the uh, his initial press conference. What are they waiting for? Now all of these things are happening. If you have the vote right away, at least it'll streamline the process of him suing. He would have already uh, said he's coming out and suing, but at least the vote would have come out. All the owners would be out of the clear of potentially being racist as well, and we'd be able to at least step forward in the process. Now we're just in quicksand. Now all of these things that are coming out with with his lawyers saying he's not going to pay the fine, and he might sue the NBA, this is happening all before what we've been trying to accomplish, which is to get 22 out of 29 owners to say, get the hell out of here. But we haven't even given him the opportunity to do so. We haven't given the owners the chance to voice their opinion secretly, quote-unquote. Now Donald Sterling has pushed back and now it's the NBA's turn to knock him off his off his rocking chair or whatever he's whatever he lays in, whatever he sits in. I'm nervous for the NBA. I didn't think I was going to talk about this for this long, but I want to continue. I'm nervous for the future of the NBA. Donald Sterling is known for keeping things in court as long as as it takes before he and before he dishes out any money or gives up anything. This is not the guy you want to mess with. So, having said all of that, the NBA needs to do something. Anything. Tweet something out. Do something. Ugh, don't tweet something out. Adam Silver, it's your move. The only game of chess that has ever continued after you put somebody in checkmate, which is what they had Donald Silver in, Donald Sterling in, checkmate. He's like, nope, I have a special move. I'm out of it now. Game on. Let's keep going. The NBA players need to start talking. And I'm sure LeBron has talked to people. And say what you want about guys that, that are bigger than the game. LeBron just is. He markets himself perfectly. He has that LeBron, LeBron ab hook. Sorry. Threw up a little bit in my mouth. However, it's a genius marketing tactic. Everybody loves him because he doesn't do anything wrong. Take away the decision and all those things. 
he raised money for charity, so I guess it evens out. Should have probably told the owner. Dan Gilbert's a, a DB anyways, so maybe he didn't know him anything. Or at least he felt that way. LeBron, I am sure, after the playoffs are over, which is going to be mid-June for them because they're probably going to win the whole thing, will gauge interest from the upper echelon guys. And that's not to say that those guys are more important than you know, the backup power forwards of, of the league, but they kind of are because that's how David Stern marketed the league by players and not by teams, not by the actual game itself. He marketed players. It's a player's league. He is going to gauge interest from the top guys and see where their heads are at. Because when it comes down to it, now it's us against them. Traditionally in the NBA, it's not so because everybody's getting paid guaranteed contracts, so it's not, well, I'm being treated unfairly when I'm doing this. If you're good enough, money's somewhere, and you get all of it. It's not like you have to restructure your deal or anything in that regard because the luxury tax is, is as such, and the owners are as such, that if they have to pay 175 on the dollar, they're going to do it to get good players. So LeBron will get everybody's attention. Probably, who knows, maybe they'll fly to Barbados or they'll go to Hawaii or something and sit around in Olive Garden and just talk. And just see what everybody thinks. If this happens, then what? If this happens, then what? I know the NBA Players Association, Roger Mason, Kevin Johnson, I know they have a pulse on this, but it, both of those guys are irrelevant for different reasons. Kevin Johnson is one of the better point guards in the NBA history. He's now, I think, the mayor of Sacramento. Roger Mason is a really smart guy, but he's not even in the ballpark of LeBron. He's not in the parking lot. So the big stars are the ones that are going to have to tear this down or tell everybody, hey, it's okay, let's just, let's just power through. I don't think the latter will happen. I think their hand will be forced to play. And this is all from comments of an aging racist with a team that hasn't been relevant ever. Ever, ever, ever. In the past couple of years, they've been good. You know, early 2000s, made the playoffs, they were fine. But they haven't touched success at all. I'm just not sure if this is a chess match that the NBA can win. I think he's too scary of an individual, too crafty, too smart. Too legally learned. Too real estate savvy. And this is a piece of real estate for him. For him to just walk away into the night. This would be like trying to take the Dallas Cowboys away from Jerry Jones. I mean, that's the only... I know Jerry Jones loves the Cowboys. I mean, I think he loves the circus. I don't know if he necessarily loves the players. 
but it's just interesting. It's just interesting. Adam Silver, okay, I'm done talking about this. Adam Silver, you need to do something, dude. Sorry if I called you dude. Mr. Dude, you need to do something. Or you're going to lose all the respect that you gained in about 14 words of that news conference. Respect is so important for you right now. Not for the ego, not for the David Stern egomaniacal attitude and condescension and everything that he was about. This is about you representing your league forcefully. This is your league now. You have some of the greatest players on the planet. Protect them. Because LeBron, let's take him away for a second. Let's finish up talking about LeBron. He'll go play in Europe. He doesn't need this. He loves the game of basketball so much that he'll go play anywhere. I mean, I know that's that's kind of far-fetched, but the NBA is, is fun for him. He's won two rings. He's the best player on the planet. But don't mess with him. That's the guy you want to worry about. Adam Silver. He's going to be the face of your league for the next 10 years. Barring injury. In a player's league, you have to protect your players. So you're listening. Well, what do you think he should do? What's the statement going to do? I think... The American public and the world public in general, not speaking geocentrically here, would rather know than speculate. Especially in something that this isn't this isn't just about sports. This isn't about sports at all. This is about racism in 2014. And how it affects a piece of real estate and its employees that the racist you know owns he doesn't own that he just owns the franchise so what do i think he should do is write a statement out i don't care if you read it but as long as you write it yourself don't make any mistakes make it succinct don't take questions after cuz all that does is add more speculation Read a statement, say thank you, and walk off the podium. Just tell everybody what in God's green earth is going on so we don't have to question it anymore. This is something that doesn't happen in sports. Be real. Don't be political. Don't be anything like that. Just tell us what is going on so we can know. That's it. That's all I want. I don't want to have to guess. I want to be able to analyze the facts as opposed to analyzing potentials. Carmel Lesser Sports Talk, Voice Talk America, voiceamerica.com. I should say sorry. I've been doing this for three years. I can't believe I don't know it. Uh, on the other side, I'll talk Tommy John surgery. I'll talk Michael Sam, and I'll talk about them linked together with money. I'll be right back. Thank you. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Welcome back. Carmen Lester Sports Talk final segment, 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Went through a lot today. Donald Sterling, NBA, playoffs, playoffs. I want to talk about a couple things. Uh, Tommy John surgeries have skyrocketed at an alarming rate in Major League Baseball through pitchers. And I hear a lot of analysts talking about them. And this it's a very polarizing topic. Number one, do you not put your son through uh, travel baseball year-round, starting at the age of seven, in an effort to make it to the major leagues? Or do you, and just hope for the best? It's Tommy John surgery with younger guys nowadays, 21, 22, 23, Patrick Corbin was one of them. I I mean, there's upwards of, I mean, there's over 30 from this year alone. With the surgery, the recovery time now is a lot shorter than what it used to be. But there's still a lot of rehab time. There's still that mental and emotional hurdle that you have to get over to be able to throw again. And it's as a whole, it's just, well, now you're kind of damaged goods. It's not necessarily like tearing your ACL in football, but it kind of is as a running back. Let's say as a running back, it's kind of like that because that's your main tool are your legs. Your main tool as a pitcher, obviously, is your arm. 
If you mess up your elbow, you're kind of screwed. Michael Sam didn't tell the Rams that he was going to have a uh, reality show on the Oprah Network going inside the life of the first openly gay NFL player. Why did he do it? There are a couple reasons. Number one, he wants to be a role model. He wants to be a spokesperson a la, I mean, Tim Tebow. And obviously this is very different, but kind of similar at the same time. He wants wants to be the face of openly gay professional athletes, which is great. You know, that's fine. I don't know why you have to do it with the TV show. Well, you can't just do it on your own by word of mouth, by speaking at high schools, you know, things like that, like traditional, traditional uh, athletes would do. What do both of these stories have in common? Money. Dollars. Starting with Tommy John surgery, if in Major League Baseball... You had contracts like in the NFL. Tommy John surgeries would go down a lot. If you had to pay, play to pay, be paid, it would go down a lot. People would play through pain a little bit more, in my opinion. But if you're 22 years old, you know, you're slated to make, what, $2 million in the next year? Get Tommy John surgery before the season starts? Get paid $2 million, rehab, don't have to play. Now, I'm not saying that all of these cases are like that, but I don't know why that wouldn't be in the back of these young players' minds. Or, or veteran players, for that matter. Anybody. Get a little twinge, go to the doctor, yeah, you could have Tommy John surgery, okay, sit out, you know, 16 months. What is it, 8 to 12 months now? It, could, it, it, it used to be two years almost. But you still get paid. So why would you risk your future, especially as a young pitcher, if you could do the surgery now and still build your bank account? It just makes rational sense to me that you would do the surgery so it doesn't get worse potentially, and still get paid for it. I mean, I don't know. It seems like a no-brainer to me. But again, if these were NFL contracts and not Major League Baseball contracts, which is the most ridiculous contracts of, of all professional sports, I think it'd be a little different. I think you'd see people doing more physical therapy on their own, training differently, not throwing as many curveballs, not throwing as many sliders, just throwing more hard stuff and change-ups If you're on an NFL-style contract where you have to play to be paid. Michael Sam, money. I'm not saying that that's the only reason why he did this. Take that right out of your minds right now. I'm not saying that that's the first reason why he chose to do the reality show with Oprah. I'm not saying that at all. That was not the first thought in his mind. However, as a seventh-round draft pick who... Went to a team that has the best front seven in the NFL, potentially. 
who might not make the team, at least you get a little money in your pocket. Or, I, I don't know, it could be a lot of money in your pocket. Oprah's got a lot of money. I know that it's exploiting himself to a certain degree. E- either way, whatever mo- the motive was, or if it was just a pure, genuine, I want to get this out to people, he's still exploiting himself. <coughs> I'll bet Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson really thought they were in love during Nick and Jessica, which was eight years ago. But they exploited the hell out of themselves, and it turned out badly. Again, I'm not comparing these two. I almost threw up with that comparison. But Michael Sam, for some reason, felt the need to do it this way. A lot of people are questioning it, and I think that as a seventh-round pick, again, who doesn't have a guarantee of making the team, having a little money in your pocket isn't necessarily a bad thing. If he was a first-round pick, do I think he would have done this? I don't know, because that's a very, very different thing. There's a lot, there's more, there's an even greater spotlight on you if you're drafted that high and you're forced, you have to perform. Otherwise, you'll be a bust. Gay, straight, asexual, whatever, you'd be a bust in the first round. There is no pressure on him to succeed. I hope he does. I hope he succeeds. I hope he starts. I hope he plays for 15 years in the NFL. I truly do. Because I want that for everybody. It's not because he's gay. He's already been drafted. He's gay. The St. Louis Rams are the first team to ever draft a gay athlete. Great. Good stuff. Midwest. Holler. But it's over that now. But now it's being brought back because he's doing the show with Oprah. If Oprah offered him a million dollars to do this show for a season and see what happens, I would take it. Especially as somebody that has, doesn't have a guaranteed contract. He hasn't made one dollar in the NFL yet. So it's a, it's a daunting task to make that team, and hopefully he makes that team for, the, for good reason and not just as a, as a publicity thing. I, I truly hope that. And I don't think that St. Louis Rams, Jeff Fisher, that organization is a very well-run organization. I don't think, well, except for hiring Greg Williams after the bounty gate thing, but I digress. They wouldn't do it for the wrong reason. And I hope that Michael Sam is doing the reality show for the right reason. I guess it's yet to be seen. We'll know more when they make the cuts. When that final cut is made and Michael Sam is on the roster, we'll know he earned his keep because he is in one of the toughest spots any defensive player is trying to make it onto a team in the NFL. Cormac Lester Sports Talk at Clancy's Corner. See you guys Monday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. 9 a.m. Pacific time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.